That's just how it goes. <laughs> I don't know why. What, it's my mother's fault. <laughs> she forced me to like movies. In my first sermon at Fremont, I got up and I was preaching about stuff. And, and, and then I said, I, I quoted Star Wars. And then later on, I quoted Carmen, you know, the, the singer from the, the Christian singer. And this guy comes up to me afterward and goes, you just, man, you hit me in my two sweet spots. And I was like, I did? He goes, Star Wars and Carmen. <laughs> I was like. Wow. <laughs> I saw a little post about you on Facebook. Isn't that lovely? It was. They sound like a fun church. Oh my gosh. When <laughs> It's all your fault. <laughs> I will yeah. never she forget you. The other they <laughs> <laughs> no, just the, uh, they had told me they were going to do a meet our pastor, a couple meet our pastor Facebook posts. And then she saw your post and like said on it, like, I might have to steal this or something. And, and, and then she posted it to the Facebook page. I was like, really? The first let's meet our pastor thing is me on a stupid horse. Like looking like, (laughs) (laughs) really? (laughs) Tells what my favorite scripture is. And then it says, and he knows how to make an entrance and it has me on a horse. You were all about the glory of God. You know me. I don't know about Anyway, we have the opportunity today. It is entirely possible. But just FYI, I actually have to leave a little early today. I have to help Rachel with get my kid to the doctor. Anyway, long story. But so I'm leaving at 2.30 instead of 3, so it's whatever. You'll have an extra half hour. Isn't that nice? Okay. But um, we, we could possibly complete the book of Ephesians today. What? Yes! It is possible, which leaves us with the question of What's what next? are we going to do next? Song of Solomon. My first year's almost over. I, I've been dateless all this time. I need some romance in my life. I'm okay with that. I did it. Like I said, I did. I did, I did three or four weeks of it last time, and I just kind of took pieces. If you want me to do Song of Solomon, we will. We will do it. Yeah, go ahead. Let's vote. Who wants to? Who wants to? Wait. What are the other options? There are 66 books in the Bible, so... The ones that you were thinking on. Hmm? I'm not thinking on any of them right now. Let's do... No. I don't want to take it. I don't want to, you know... We can do the book of Hezekiah. Second Joshua. <laughs> Let's do first Maccabees. Revelation. We could do that. I mean, Let's do first. 
I haven't talked to Nathan and Sophie about doing like the the, the prophecy day, um, where we did the whole day and, and we did the Book of Revelation and Daniel. I mean, I can I don't care. We can do whatever you guys want to do, but you guys you guys you guys decide. But I need to know by the end of our class time today so I can prepare for next week. Or okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 because if we don't finish this, we're not going to get there. All right. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, we are continuing in the conversation that we began last time where Paul gives this he says, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Remember he said that? And then we went into to talk about husbands to your you know, wives to your husbands, husbands to your wives. And we talked about that. And and but all of that was just a part of be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So we're continuing that discussion now as we move from husband to wife. Now we move to children. Okay? So children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. How many of your parents made you like say that verse like over and over again. My parents did. What is that? What's Ephesians six one? Children obey your parents in the Lord for those. <laughs> yeah, you know, as my I I that's one of those things that I promised myself I would never do to my children and I have not. Woo-hoo! There's a whole lot of other things that I said I wouldn't do to my children that I have done, but this one I have not done. Yes. And yeah. Last year you said you said you would never say to your children. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, I totally say that all the time. <laughs> <clears throat> that resolution like- yeah, and it doesn't. Wow. Those resolutions don't work, so just don't make them. But this, this is one of them that I've actually kept, and it's more because I just haven't thought about it. But uh, so maybe today I'll start doing that. <laughs> Ephesians six one. Children obey your parents and all their and that. Again, this is a category of submit to one another in the fear of Christ. Okay, and he's talking to the kids. This was the kids' corner. Let's make you a balloon, all right? And then we're going to hand it out to the best kid. You guys don't know, but you guys know. Yeah, yeah kids' corner in church. Pastor Barry used to do those all the time when we would do, like, whatever. That was how we made it a family service is that he would talk to the kids for five minutes. And so he's talking to children. Now, when he says children, the word there is just young person is actually what it means. And it refers to anyone who's still under the parent's authority. Okay? So they're no, they're, they have not come of age yet. Or they still live at home with their parents. That's, they're not considered to be adults. Because I get this question a lot from people who graduated from high school. I'm 18. Do I still have to obey my parents? You know? The answer is, do you still live in their house? Honestly, do you live in their house? If the answer is yes, then guess what? Yes, you do. You still have to obey. You still live in their house? That's the way it is. If you do not live at the, in their house anymore, then your relationship has changed. You no longer have to obey everything they tell you to do, but you still have to honor them. It's not. Those two things are separate from one another. Okay? This is a really important conversation for me to have with you guys because you're in that kind of middle place where you're going from, in, in a very real way, you're going from childhood to adulthood in, in the rubber hits the road kind of way, not just the, I'm a grown up, I can do what I want. No, that's not what I mean. 
Okay. This is this is this is a you are now responsible for you. You got to pay your own bills. You got to do your own stuff. You got to do your own laundry. Okay. That's 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 where you guys are at. And it is important that you understand that your parents can no longer do the kind of I want you know directives that they could have done in the past. At uh, you know I you may not do this. You may do that kind of thing. Not nearly to the level that they could have before. But you still have to honor them. We're going to talk about honoring here in a minute. But the word here in the Greek that says obey, it is not obey. That's, that's not a correct, it's not the correct translation. I don't know why it's there, except that parents always want their children to obey. The word means to listen, to, to attend unto, to pay attention to. Okay? It means, now understand that when it says listen, pay attention to, attend unto, that is not less than obey. That's actually more than obey. You need to understand that. This is not less than obey. This is more than obey. We're going beyond obey. Because you can obey without ever listening. You guys know what I'm talking about? My daughter does this all the time. Where she will do exactly what I told her to do. But the entire time, she is like stamping her feet or in her arms folded like this. Or, you know, that's not. She is physically obeying exactly what I told her to do. But she's not hearing me. She's not adhering to the spirit of what I asked her to do. She's not in a mode of cooperation and submission. She is fighting with everything inside of her. She does not want to get spanked, so she is going to do what I told her to do to the letter, but she's not going to actually be cooperating with me. You know, you see what I mean? You see the difference? And every one of you has done it. How many of you have ever done the whole thing where your parent yells at you from the front of the car, don't touch your sister. So you're like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Right? Okay. You knew what your parent meant. You knew what they meant. Right? And you decide, I remember one time, I got in big trouble in Royal Rangers one time because, because I was leaning back on my chair like this and it was a chair with four legs. And the lady says to me, the lady says to me, you may not put your chair back on, on two legs. So I just lifted up the third leg. I don't remember what happened after that. I got in bed. That was just like, oh, that is it. You're going to your parents. The pastor's kid like this. <laughs> right? Huh? We had ladies teaching. Oh, yes. Her name was Candy Feller. And that was her name. And her husband, her husband was the leader of the Royal Rangers. And she was teaching my class. And she was very mad at me when I did that. Because it was incredibly disrespectful. And I knew what I, exactly what I was doing. I was obeying, but I was not doing what this Greek word is telling them to do. Attend unto. Pay attention to cooperate with, submit to your parent. It goes way beyond physical obedience into the heart. Okay? This is not about, it says, it does, it's, that means you do this to the heart, even when you don't want to. 
when you've heard the same thing a million times before, you still need to listen and listen from the heart. Okay? Actually listen and don't just imagine you already know what they're going to say. Nothing makes me more angry than when my children, when I say, look at me, listen to what I'm saying to you, and they glaze. And they're not listening to me at all. They're, they're looking in my general direction because I told them to look at me, but they aren't listening to me. And so many times I will say, okay, now what did I just tell you to do? And they'll be like, uh, that's right, because you weren't listening. Or I'll say, and then I want you to get on the alien spaceship and I want you to fly to the planet Mars. And I want, and, and they just still just... <laughs> Isaac has the ability to shut off all sensory input to his brain and completely ignore anything that is going on in his vicinity. And he gets that from me. My mom used to say to me, you know, the house could be burning down and you wouldn't know it. Because, because I'd be focused on a book or a movie or something else, you know, and, and my mom's standing there going, Josh, 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 ah! she would literally do that. If you guys know my mom, you know, she could do that. And she, and she, and, and I would not hear anything. Isaac has gained that ability from me. <laughs> And so we, we have to walk and put ourselves between him and the screen or device or whatever and <laughs> say, son, what? <laughs> he always acts like we're the most horrible people ever when we do that. Son, geez, you didn't have, you weren't listening to me. Okay. This, is a, this instruction is to actually listen, to pay attention to every to the words that they are saying and don't just hear what they're saying but get behind the words and understand what is going on in their heart and why it is that they don't want you to do what they don't want you to do we're going to talk about this a little bit here about why why is this so important to god we'll get there in a minute okay but consider think challenge yourself Am I right about this? Let me say this to you right now, because at the age that you are, there's going to be a whole lot of ideas that you have in your head that your parents are not going to agree with or understand. Okay? And you're going to say, this is what I want to do with my life, and sometimes they're going to be like, no, that's stupid. Even if you're right, even if God has made it extremely clear to you exactly what you are supposed to do, and you are going to do what God told you to do, you still need to listen to what they have to say about it. Hear what they are thinking. Listen to their heart because they love you. They aren't saying what they're saying because they don't like you. They're not saying what they're saying because they want to make your life miserable. They are talking to you, saying to you what they're saying because they care about you. And because of that, you need to listen, at least under, get to the point where you can honestly understand where they are coming from. As youth pastor, one of my primary jobs was to get between parent and teenager and explain one to the other. Because teenager's brain works this way and parent's brain works this way. And a lot of times parents had no idea how to get into the teenager's shoes. And the teenagers never had any idea how to get into their parent's shoes. Ever. And I can't tell you how many times I sat across from a teenager and said, 
Do you think your mom loves you? Yeah. Do you think maybe that this thing that they're saying to you that makes you so angry, do you think maybe that it, that comes from their love for you? Maybe. So maybe you, you ought to think about it for a minute. Just slowing things down that much and actually paying attention to what the other person is saying. This person has done more of life than you and they care about you. Listen to what they have to say, because even if it doesn't change the direction you're going to go, it may change how you go that direction. They may have a warning here or there that you need to hear as you move that direction that direction. Pay attention. Just listen. Consider. Think. Put yourself in their shoes. Try and get an understanding of where they're coming from, why they're saying what they're saying. Just try. And that is harder to do in a family situation than it is in any other because nobody can hurt you like family. Not only do you love them and therefore hopefully have some amount of trust for them and they can come in under your guard and smack you, but also they know your hot buttons. They know exactly how to speak to you in a way that is going to offend you. There are some people in your family that are way better at that than others. They just, they know the sensitive spots and they just go for them. Bang, because they know they're going to get a response from you. You cannot afford to react that way. You've got to, it's going to hurt and there's nothing you can do about the hurt. Hurt, the hurt is going to come. Okay, that hurts. But you don't have to obey that hurt. You don't have to re respond in kind. You don't have to, uh, to, to, Hurt them exactly how you know you can hurt them just because they did it to you. <coughs> always, always, always with my kids. I talk to them about them and only about them. And we have this big conversation. This the same conversation happens every time my two one of two of my kids get in a fight. Okay? They get in a fight with each other, you know, and they're yelling at each other, and then something happens. and then somebody comes to me, Ian always beats me up, right? Okay. And then I talk to Ian, and I say, what did you do? But he hit me. Uh, don't tell me about him. Tell me about you. What did you do? Well, I did this. Oh, you did? Well, was that a good thing? Was that okay? No. Not tell me. It's not okay that Aiden hit you. It's not. It's not. That's not okay. But I want you to ask yourself, what did you do? There's always, in a relationship, there is always, 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 always blame on both sides of the equation. Always. Now, are there many times much more blame on the other side? Sure. 99% of the blame might be on one side. But you got to at least find that 1% and understand that you can't ask them to change if you're not willing to change also. Now this 
is really important in families. It's just as important in friendships. And it's magnified a billion times more important in marriage. When I sit down with a couple that are having a rough time, if both people are not willing to own the fact that they have some blame in what's going on in their marriage, I won't have another meeting with them. I won't. If at the end of that first hour that I've had a conversation with them and they tell me their sob story, if one person is saying it's all his fault and I, ha I own none of the blame, then I will say, I can't help you. Love you both. I can't help you. Until you're both willing to say, I, I messed up, you know, I own some of the blame for this. Until you're both ready to repent, I'm, I'm, I can't help. And I've had more than one counseling session that has ended with the person that refuses to accept blame saying, I'm never going back to that man. <laughs> because I'm looking him in the eye and saying, yes, he did this or she did this. Yes, this is what they're admitting it. Sitting right here in front of both of us, they're admitting to some very embarrassing stuff. You know, they did bad stuff. They're admitting it now. But you refuse to admit that you had anything to do with this. Yes, I didn't do anything. I was a great husband, great wife. I'm just like, well, sorry, I can't help you. And they're usually like, what do you mean you can't help me? I'm like, you have as much to do with this as they do. Until you realize that there's no healing that's going to happen. There has to be repentance on both sides of any relationship. And that is, that's true of parent and child as much as it is any other. Pay attention to each other. Care about one another. The truth is that both God and parents are not interested in robotic obedience. They're not interested in robotic obedience. They want to... They, we are built for relationship with each other. What we want from one another is loving, respectful, thoughtful submission and obedience to one another. That's what we desire. That's what we crave. We want people to do the things that we want them to do because they care about us. Not because they understand why we want them to do it. Not because we just want them to say, I love you, so I'm going to do it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with my parents, with my wife. I, I honestly can't say that I understand why you want me to do this, but I will do it because I care about you. <coughs> That's okay. It is okay to obey out of ignorance. We have to do it most of the time when it comes with God. Mo almost all the time. God's like, go do this. And you're like, why? And he goes, go do this. <laughs> why go do this? <laughs> I do that with my kids all the time too. Why? Because I said so. So I understand the reasons why I want you to do this. 
I could spend 20 minutes explaining them to you, or you could just do what I asked you to do because you know that I'm smarter than you and I care about you. Which gets us to, well, the next, the next sentence, in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord, which we cannot obey our parents to the point of disobeying God. Everything that I just said is very true. But if the Lord is telling you to go do ABC and your parents are telling you, you will not, you, you have to obey the Lord over your parents. With a broken heart, without an ounce of rebellion, don't you dare, ah, I'm going to go do what God told me to do. Because that's not the Lord. The Lord's not going to be pleased in that kind of obedience to him. If this is all about putting the middle finger up to your mom and dad, then you probably didn't hear the Lord. You probably just don't want to obey your parents. But if you have prayed this through and talked this through and listened to what they have to say, and you still have something from God that will not go away, that your parents do not agree with, you have to do what God tells you to do. With a broken heart, with tears flowing, but you have to do it. Yeah. How exactly do you like do that for me? Because I feel like that was like a stab in my heart right now because my parents don't want me to do what I want to do, like what I know God's telling me to do. Mm -hmm. Because they want me to come back home. So I don't know how exactly to say I know I can't come home because that would be the worst thing for me to do. Like I feel like I'm ripping my words. Like I don't know how to It might be. You might be breaking their heart. But you need to sit down. You're a grown-up now. You need to sit down and have a grown-up conversation with your parents and let them know. Mom, Dad, whatever, I, I cannot get away from this. I, I know that I know that this is what God wants me to do. And I, I do not want to do this without your blessing. Please don't make me. You know, you just, you need to have a grown-up conversation with them. You may never have had a grown-up conversation with them in your life. I know a lot of grown-ups who go their entire adult life without ever having an adult conversation with their parents. Just be honest and be humble. Don't yell and scream, even if they are. Actually, especially if they are, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, what, what I want to say to you, Allie, is that like before like I came to Masters, like my family wanted me to go to Ball State because I had like a tuition. Like it would have been free for me. Hmm. And so um, when God called me to Masters, it was a big blow to my parents because they were like, you know, you need to go to Ball State. I was like, no, I know what God's calling me to do. But, like, since I've been here, I have changed, like, 180. And because they saw that, they began to, like, understand later. Like, I didn't understand why I was here. My mom, like, when she walked in here moving weekend, she's like, I still think this is a dumb idea. I said, I know yep. you do. Yep. But I respect that. But, you know, but later on she saw it. And, like... Because I walked in obedience to God, my family saw the obedience to God. They're Amen. not even Christians. 
Amen. And so, like, I don't know, I just want to encourage you, like, through that story, because my mom, like, sees an incredible change in me, and she's like, you know what, I'm glad that you went, and I'm glad that you're there. Because, and then, like, there's been times where I don't even want to be here anymore, and my mom's actually the one who encourages me Good. to stay in Masters. Yeah. yeah. So. That's awesome. Bible says wisdom will be justified, vindicated by her children. That's what the Bible says. And being obedient to God, even when they, even when someone else is saying that's a dumb idea, eventually they will see. Because wisdom is vindicated. I the the picture is Noah in the ark. Okay, he was nowhere near water, building a gigantic boat, and it had never rained. And he was telling everybody, water is going to fall from the sky. And they were all saying, yeah, sure it will. Woo, Noah. You know, right? <laughs> Noah's been doing something. He's been around that, uh, that, uh, that wood stain just a little too long there, Noah. You know. Okay. But w when the rain started falling, guess who looked really smart? The guy everybody said was crazy. All of a sudden... They're banging on his door saying, let us in. Obedience to God always, always, always comes first, and it's always, always the wisest decision. Always. But don't do it with a rebellious heart. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is like a change of subject, but I actually, it's along the same lines, it's just a different question. Is it true that um, parents that don't put restrictions on their kids, like their kids turn out to be like better or like smarter? Like, I know it doesn't seem like no. a very, like, logical question, but, like, I saw this psychology study where they say that, like, kids that no. have, that when you don't force, like, certain restrictions on your kids, like, they turn out to be, like, mentally more healthy or something. That's, that's actually been proven the opposite. Really? Yes. Children need boundaries. If they don't have them, if they don't have them, they don't feel safe. That's, children, it's been proven that when you put a fence around a playground... Kids will play on every part of the playground. And when you don't, they stay towards the center. When, they, when a kid knows where the line is, then they feel much safer. Plus, the Bible just says that we should put boundaries up for our kids. It says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod drives it out. And when it's talking about the rod, it's not talking about beating your kid. The rod there is a measuring rod, and it means the line, the the rules. I don't want that to be like a stupid question. No, that's not a stupid question at all. I'm glad you asked. Because there are people that are like, I just want my child to be whoever they're going to be and, and just find themselves. And Okay, fine. But if you don't tell them stove, e stove equals hot equals burn your fingers, they're going to burn their fingers. Do you really want them to do that? Now, is there a time... That's not, I'm not saying, though, that you shouldn't let kids feel what happens when they make a mistake. Because you should. Sometimes. I very, very, very rarely spank my children. Very, I mean, not even once a month. But I have. All right. 
Yes, I believe in spanking. I do. Now, I think you can. I don't think you should ever spank your child in anger. Ever. There have been. There's been more than once where I have had to. In fact, this happened rather recently, where I looked at my wife and said, "I'm leaving." I need you to deal with him. Oh, well, I thought you No, no, not, not leave. I just had to, I had to leave the house because there was, because I was approaching the place where I was going to completely lose my temper. And I, no, I said, I've got to go. I can't, I, I, I have to go. Nothing good is going to come of the way that I feel right now. And so I went for a drive for an hour. Is your wife the strict one? No, I am. Well, I don't know. We're both pretty strict. But I'm the enforcer. Rachel makes all the rules, but I'm the one that comes in and, and you know, makes things happen. And that's partially because I have three boys, and Isaac is really, you know, he's taller than my wife now, and it's like, he's like, you don't scare me. So... What? <laughs> so we should not obey our parents to the point of disobeying God. However, obeying our parents is a part of obedience toward God. Submitting to your parents, even and especially when you do not understand, is, is faith. It is. It's important. You just need to do it. Show them all respect. Okay? Now, we're going to get to this, this discussion about family. We need to understand that family is a manifestation of an eternal reality which existed before family did. Are you with me on this? We didn't talk about this when it came to marriage. But this, this is also includes marriage. Marriage and family were something God created to show us, to, to help us understand the kind of relationship he wanted to have with us. And the real thing is the relationship we have between us and God. Marriage and family are just illustrations of the real thing. Now, that doesn't make marriage and family unimportant. That makes them more important than ever before. Because people will understand God the Father based on their father. That's how we were built. That is, that, is, that is the way that we work. And if your relationship with your dad is broken, it's going to be much harder for you to look upon Abba Father the way you should. And to connect with him as Abba, as Daddy God, because that's who he is. He is in a more real, more substantive, more powerful way. He is your father than your physical father or the father that raised you. But your first experience of what fatherhood looks like comes from your earthly dad or the guy that raised you. 
and you make assumptions, assumptions that go very deep on the inside of you about who Abba Father is based on who your daddy was. That is why fatherhood scares the living crap out of me. Truly. The way that I am towards my kids is going to teach them something about who God is. The way that I express my feelings to my kids about them is teaching them how Abba Father feels about them. And that's not just true about Abba Father, that's true about our mothers as well. Because God is also our mother. It's scriptural, people. You can look it up if you want to. God is both our father and our mother. It's there. It's in the Bible. God does not have a gender. People say, God's a man. No, he's not. Jesus was a man. But God the Father is not, is not a man. He has no gender. He is the masculine before which all else is feminine. Yeah. I'm really curious. Um, will we pee in heaven? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I, I don't... <laughs> That's an interesting. Okay. No, it's because he said something about God's not a gender, so it thought about gender. It's true. Like, it's not. You know, and I'm like, it's not. Yeah. Yes. Your gender is a part of who you are. Period. Forever. You will never lose your femininity. You are a female, and that is. How you will always be. Just as Jesus is male and he will always be. In heaven? In heaven. Yes. No. We will not be sexual, but we will be masculine. And that's that is that is a very important you know what you just revealed right there? Do you do you know what you just revealed right there? What? Is that to you the only thing that is important about your masculinity is your sexuality. So I want you to think about that because your masculinity has way more to do with you than your sexuality. If if someone would lop all your man parts off, would you still be a man? I feel like I would. You would. <laughs> yes, you would. It doesn't matter. Even if even those people that get gender reassignment surgery, they're still they are still who they were born. I mean, that's true down to the physical level. They have an X and a Y chromosome. Whether they have man parts or not, they have an X and a Y chromosome. That is a part of their very DNA, that they are male or female. That will always be a part of who you are, just as you will always be human. To be human is not a bad thing. To be human is a holy thing. God created us as humans. He wants us to be humans forever. He cares so much about humanity that he became human himself. Our humanity is holy, but it's also broken. 
Jesus came to give us real, true humanity back. So anybody that tries to tell you that in order to be a Christian, you have to leave your humanity behind, they are incorrect. We will be human forever and we will revel in our humanity. It is a glory to be a man or a woman. It's awesome. And I, I say to my boys all the time, I, say, I love being a man. I just do. And they should too. You know, our culture uh, really looks down on masculinity, just in a huge way. And it has reduced masculinity to a sexual thing, and it is not. That is one aspect of what masculinity is, but that is not even a big aspect of it. Yeah, I would encourage you to pursue the reality of what masculinity in Scripture actually is. We talked a lot about it last week. And I would encourage you ladies to really pursue and understand what femininity is in Scripture. What it means to be a woman. Sure. Yeah, that's a great picture of femininity. I love it. And if she, if you think she was some kind of swooning on the swooning couch, kind of wimpy little lady, just go read that thing again. She is a businesswoman. She is a woman of, she is, I, Proverbs 31 woman is, she's hot. <laughs> she is strong. Go read, go read, Proverbs 31. Go read the 31st Proverbs. Go read it. No, it's not overquoted. It's not quoted enough. Amen. I just joined this conversation, but amen. Uh, <laughs> Proverbs 31. I'm going to read it to you. Oh, wait. I mean, that's what we need to do next for our Bible. Proverbs. Proverbs. Any scripture yeah. at all is ever over. Thank you. Let's do every song. No, I agree. Like a the wife of noble character. Okay? A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Okay, that is not just about like she's in the back sewing. No. She is entrepreneurial. Okay? She's like the merchant ships that bring her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers it she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. This woman, this woman is awesome. She's a woman of, of strength and character and work ethic. She's amazing. Okay? She sees that her trading is profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds, I don't even know what that means, and grasps the spindle with her fingers. Oh, the distaff it has to do with, uh, with uh, uh, weaving. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Scarlet was the most expensive uh, thing you could be clothed in. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate. You ladies, you have the ability to make your man respectable.
where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchant with, with sashes. She's clothed with, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and, and he praises her. Guys, you got to praise your woman. My wife is amazing. Did you hear her lead worship on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Her, her children arise. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I just wanted to be creepy, and then you said it, so I was like, okay. Uh, her children arise and call her blessed. Her I got to say, Sunday was Sunday was a hard Sunday for us, because it was our last time leading worship for First Assembly, maybe ever, and it was the 20th anniversary of her dad's death. So it was an incredibly emotional day, but she still knocked it out of the park. Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Come on. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her work bring her praise at the city gate. Amen and amen. Now, does this mean that all of you need to learn how to sew and... and No. Yeah. I think you should. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, ladies. I mean, you want to do that. The point is, the point is that everybody that's in her charge is taken care of. She's a nurturer. That's who she is. That's that's a big part of what it means to be feminine. Yeah. yeah I was just wondering why, like, I didn't mention how not doing laundry or the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> It says that her family that that she brings food from afar and her family is well cared for. But. Can I say two things to that? Go. One, first of all, men, you can learn how to sew too, because my daddy taught me. Come on now. I know how to sew. My daddy also taught me how to do makeup and hair and all that. That's a different story. Oh, straight. Also, he is. He loves my mother. <laughs> <laughs> that did not need to be said. We weren't questioning. Go ahead. I was his brother. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. But also, like what you're saying, like with like you can make your husband respectful. Like my cousin's wife did something super inappropriate and like completely wrecked his reputation. Yep. Like she's still loved, but everybody hates him. Yep. So it's like that's a big deal. It is. BT Dubs on the whole men can sew thing, the costume I wore in the Savior, I made that. Looked Same. great. Looked fantastic. All right. <laughs> I only I only have like nine more minutes, so go ahead. Yeah, go. Um, when you said, when you were talking earlier about, um, like, fatherhood is like the representation of how, like, we see God. Yeah. What, what about with, like, people that, um, they have, like, a past with, like, their dad, and it's, like, their representation of God is not fully, like, like, and it's hard because it's, like, they want to see God, but they can't yeah. because, of, like, what would you suggest to that? Like, how would you, like, remedy that to, to seeing God? There's, the, the father wants to come, and he wants to just break through all of that and minister to, to people who have a wrecked, 
Well, we all have a father wound. Even those of us that have the best fathers in the world. My dad's amazing, but it's still there, you know, there's still stuff. You know? And and every single one of us had we have human dads. And so the the father wants to come and to break off all of the stuff that the enemy has done to twist our understanding of who he is. You know, he wants to come in. He wants to give us grace to see him exactly as he is. And he will, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a journey that that you got to go on. It's repairing the image of Abba Father in your own heart from the damage that your dad did to it. And every single person in here, your dad did damage to it. Either some, some of you, it's massive what seems like irreparable and some of you it's smaller but it's still damaged and every single one of you needs to walk through the process of learning who Abba Father is and how he loves you and let him heal those hurt places in your heart because only then will you be able to turn around and actually love your human father and care about care about them the way they they need to be cared about Does that make sense? And I have seen, oh my gosh, I have seen it happen so many times where Abba Father comes and he'll spend six months, a year, many years healing young men and women of the kind of damage that their dad has done, walking them right out of all their junk to where that stuff doesn't even touch them anymore. And they have a real view of who Abba Father was and they can actually love the dad that messed them up so much and forgive him. It's awesome. Awesome. But it's not going to happen instantaneously. It's not going to happen quick. And it's not going to happen without some vulnerability on our part and submitting to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and letting him touch that part which hurts so bad. Healing can really hurt. That's why I said last week, it is so important, guys, that you understand that pain is not your enemy. And there is healing that God wants to do that will really hurt. Because not only does he have to bring up those wounds and make you go face to face with them, but then a part of that process is actually forgiving Remember, the kingdom description of forgiving is, to, is for you to pay for what they have done. The truth is, Jesus is paying for it. But you have to let him. And that costs something. Healing can really hurt. And it can cost you a lot but it is so worth it because then you can pass that healing on to others. That grace of God that flowed into you can then flow through you and minister to people all over the place that have walked through the same stuff that you have. Hi. Yeah. 
Like, I completely, like, resonate with everything, like, Pastor Josh is saying, because um, last year, like, um, was, like, suckiest year of my life, um, and uh, it was because, like, part of it was because, like, something had happened, something happened, which led me to, like, realizing I had all this hurt from my childhood, and something Michelle King told me, actually, at one retreat last year, she was just kind of talking um, about her dad, and I, like, you know, said something sarcastic, and then um, she asked me a couple questions, and so she just told me, um, like, you have, like, an adult self, um, a child self, and then, like, your spiritual self. So my adult self had forgiven my dad um, because, like, I saw that his dad was not the best, and so I was, like... Like, even though my dad wasn't as bad, like, I, like, have realized, like, oh, hey, you know, he didn't have the best dad, so he didn't know how to be, like, a good dad. And then, like, my spiritual self had forgiven him because, you know, I know that I needed to. And then I had the child self who was still, like, inside of me because who I am today is because of all my experiences in my childhood. And, like, my childhood self was wondering, like, Daddy, why don't you love me? Why don't you want to spend time with me? Why are you putting your girlfriend before me? Mm-hmm. And so, like, when, like, that just, like, ripped my little heart out, like, after I realized this, and, um, like, I'm still not 100%, like, you know, with, like, it's weird, like, and then he, like, after, and then he died, like, a couple months later, so that's even mm-hmm. more weird. But anyway, like, I feel like I've come a long way. And so it does hurt, and it actually, like, it hurts like hell. Like, it's the worst pain, but it's like, I am so happy with where I am today compared to where I was, because it hurt, like, and it still hurt, like, my heart is still, like, aching a little bit right now, but it's nowhere near, like, where it was, and I'm a better person today because of it. I love God more than I, like, I loved God, like, I've had a relationship with Him, but I love Him more now. I understand things a lot better. I, you know, like, in a, like, press into the hurt because, yeah. like, you will be better. You will be better for it. And, like, don't laugh because it's a cheesy title, but it helped me a lot. But I, like, one day randomly at the library, I found this book. Like, I was just looking um, for books, and I found a book called "Daddy, Do You Love Me?" And it's actually, it's like, it's not. Like, uh, girls wrote it, but guys can read it, too. So, um, it's just, like, personal testimonies of girls who, like, dads have hurt them. Um, and it actually, like, helped me. One, realized, like, yes, my dad hurt me, but not as much as, like, he could have. But don't deny your feelings. Like, I'm not saying deny your feelings. No, you can't. Hurt, your feelings of hurt can be valid. Emotions are real, and they don't go away. They're, whether you are feeling them at a certain time or not, they are there, and they have to be dealt with. They have to be walked through. They have to be processed. You can't just... You were not built to just stuff stuff down or move it out of the way. I don't have time to feel that. You, you That's not how the human soul works you've got you got to walk that path with the lord the lord wants to take you on it and there is nothing 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 that will bring you closer to him than walking through a process like that with him 
where you will learn that you can trust him. There's a verse in the Song of Solomon that says, Who is this coming up out of the desert leaning on their lover? And it's in that place of real pain and real process where you learn to trust him. You learn that this hurts, but God's got me. And it's going to be okay. It's not a fun place. But there is nothing better for you than walking through that those places. I have come, and this is going to sound like sick, but I have come to look forward to those moments of pain. Because I know that they're really worth it. And when God brings stuff up and like starts talking to me about some other part of who I am and I'm like, and my initial reaction is, oh, I don't want to do that. Then something in my spirit goes, "Ah, okay, here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's lean in. There's going to be a lot of, there's going to be crying. There's going to be pain. At some point in the process, I'm going to go, God, I don't want to do this. And mean that, not not in a funny way. I mean that. I don't want to do this. And God and I have had lots and lots of angry conversations where, okay, I'm going to say something right now. I have cussed God out before. I'm not kidding around. Where I have had a knockdown drag out with him where I called him every name in the book. I'm serious. Because that's all I had in me at that moment. And on the other side of that storm, my relationship with him was deeper, stronger, sweeter. God's not afraid of your emotions. He created them. That doesn't mean you should let them control you. I have to be done. I love you guys so much. And we'll finish up Ephesians next week.